Hello, everyone, and either welcome or welcome back to the Gender Libertarian Podcast. If you do like this, please rate, comment, and subscribe. You can find me on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, SoundCloud, Spotify, YouTube, and on my Patreon page. Guys, I did it. I made it all the way through the 2020 debate season, going all the way back to the Democratic primary debates that started last June. So over a year now I have been doing this, but we are finally come to the end of the debate season with our second presidential debate, which was supposed to be our third presidential debate, which obviously we missed the second one, but really did we miss it? Did we really miss it? But yes, the third debate did actually happen in person in Nashville on Thursday when it was supposed to. And uh, Some slight modifications though. The Commission for Presidential Debates did announce ahead of the debate that first off, they were changing the topic of the debate. Normally the third debate is centered around foreign policy, but because of all of the things that have happened this year, um, they altered it. We did have a little bit of foreign policy discussion, but it was really more domestic policy sort of things. And obviously COVID for the umpteenth time and healthcare and climate change. And oh my God, it, if you've been here for this whole, whole long process, you, you know my thoughts on a lot of this stuff already. But so we, we had a little bit of a modification there. And the more significant modification is we finally got mic muting. Um, it was put to the candidates that your opening statement is two minutes. And if you run over two minutes, your mic is getting cut and they cut mics. And it seemed to make for a much better debate. It seemed like there, there was a couple of places where mics did get cut, but it seems like having that function there made both Trump and Biden act right. So this was definitely not like the first debate and especially notable is Trump's behavior, which was much, much, much more toned down than in the first debate. And Ben Shapiro actually asked on Twitter the question of if Trump had come out in the first debate and acted the way he did in the second slash third debate. I don't know if we, I I guess we could just call it the second debate. I'm not sure what we're supposed to call it now, but he, he asked if if Trump had been this Trump in that debate, if it would have helped him, which I I don't know if it would have helped, but it certainly would have been a massive improvement over the debacle that was the first debate, which I do think really hurt Trump. I mean, there's not too many people who approved of Trump's performance after that debate. So, but it is proof that when Trump feels like it, when he has incentive to, he can act like a somewhat normal, decent human being. So I know I've made this point before, but the, the whole the, the whole asshole shtick is a shtick and he is capable of being a normal person when he needs to be one. So anyway, let's get into some of the things that were discussed during the debate. Um, obviously started with COVID because I, every debate, I feel like since since COVID has started with COVID, um, Trump is still insisting that there is going to be a vaccine by the end of the year. Um, Joe Biden is obviously a lot more realistic in my in my opinion. Obviously, I've I've said several times we are not having a vaccine by the end of the year. 
Like, I'm sorry, it's the end of freaking October. Like, can we can we stop it with this? Can we just say it's going to be next year? But Joe Biden is being a little more realistic, saying it's probably going to be next year, maybe early next year, but next year. And Trump is still stuck on this idea of utilizing the military to distribute the vaccine that is supposed to be ready by the end of the year, which... um distribution is not going to be the problem if the vaccine is here by the end of the year. The problem is going to be that nobody's going to want to take it. So, I mean, I I cannot imagine how crazy this is going to get once we actually have a vaccine on the market. But I mean, yeah, distribution is not going to be the problem. The problem is going to be that nobody's going to trust it and nobody's going to want to take it. So... I'm just, I don't understand his his hangup on where I'm going to have the military distribute it. Like, that's not... I I don't I don't even know where that's coming from. Like why does he think distribution is going to be a problem? I I don't I don't know. I don't know what goes on in the man's head. But he does still also seem to think that COVID is just going to go away magically at some point in the nearish future, which yeah, God, I I I wish it would, but clearly if this year has taught us anything, it's that it doesn't go away in the summer and it doesn't seem to be wanting to go away in the winter or the fall, or the spring, so I'm not sure what season exists that's supposed to make the COVID go away, but maybe we'll find out next year. So, moving on from that, and a lot of this I'm just going to kind of cover briefly, just in the service of covering it in this debate, because so many of these topics have been discussed so many times, and I've discussed them so many times in the context of discussing them in a debate that At this point, I don't think anybody really needs me to rehash my opinions on any of these topics. If you want to know them, there are lots and lots of episodes that you can go into in the back catalog for, obviously, the one other presidential debate we had, the one other VP debate we had, and the 5011 Democratic primary debates we had, where I discussed some of these topics a little more in depth. But moving on to healthcare, which that, but before we, before we started with COVID, we always started with healthcare. And really, there's nothing new to say here. Um, Biden is still going with his hybrid public option plan, which, I mean, there's still the argument that it's the backdoor to single payer. I don't know. Um, The status of Obamacare right now is very up in the air. We're still waiting for the Supreme Court to hear a case on that. That's going to be right after the election. I'm not sure that they've set an exact date, but it is on the docket. So what happens with that? We will see. Um, Trump still has not put forth any sort of health care plan to replace Obamacare, although I've been hearing for years that it is going to be here in the next two weeks and two weeks never comes. Um, make of that what you will. I, I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen with health care <laughs> over the next month-ish to, you know, one to three months. Uh, who knows? But The whole plan that Republicans had when Obamacare was passed was that they were going to have a plan to repeal and replace Obamacare when they had the opportunity to do so. They've had the opportunity to do so for quite a while now. Um, Obviously, the first two years of the Trump presidency, they had both the legislative and the executive branch, and they had fuck all. All that time to write a plan, they apparently never actually wrote one, and there still isn't one, so... Who knows? I guess we'll just see what happens with healthcare, which is super fun when you're in the middle of a pandemic. But 
hey, I mean, I'm I am no fan of Obamacare, but I don't know. I don't know what what I want to see happen with healthcare ain't going to happen either. I mean, personally, open it up nationwide, let people buy across state lines, let people buy individually, untie it from employment. And and I know none of this is going to happen. So what will happen? I don't know. Um, On the topic of Hunter Biden in his emails and text messages and whatever we're on now that actually didn't get as much conversation as I thought there was going to be. Like, I, I really thought this was going to be a little more central or that Trump would at least try to force it to be a little more central. I mean, and it was brought up. And obviously the the contentiousness of, oh, look at your son and the accusations that, oh, Biden, you get you get money from China and you get money from Ukraine. Although this week, um, the New York Times, as part of their Trump tax return postings, uh, posted up that Trump organization had a before undisclosed account in China that received a rather suspiciously large payment in 2017 while having received really no money before that payment and that Trump withdrew most of what was in that bank account. So what is that? We don't know. Nobody really seems to want to talk about it. It's it's weird. Like, I don't know. I, I, I don't I don't know. I think people are just worn the hell out. Like, I think scandal fatigue is a real thing. I think people just are not, at this point, you've already made your decision and you don't really care about any of this. You don't care about Hunter's emails. You don't care about Trump's tax returns. So they're just like, I think everyone's just tired, like just really worn out and tired, which is entirely understandable. Trust me, been here. So moving on from that, um, we did get to have a little bit of a foreign policy conversation um, centered more around North Korea. And obviously, Biden hit Trump on his his friendly relationship with Kim Jong-un and their their love letters and all that stuff. And Trump made the point that, well, it's it's good to have good relationships with foreign leaders, which it is good. I mean, whether you think this particular relationship is good that is up to you, but the, the idea is like, oh, no, it's it's okay. We, sh- we should have good relationship with foreign leaders, to which, for some godforsaken reason, <laughs> Joe Biden busts out, well, everybody had good relations with Adolf Hitler and still he started invading countries. <laughs> I was just like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, why are we talking about Hitler? <laughs> And I don't I don't think we did have good relations with Hitler, to be honest. I, I don't think that's historically accurate. But it was just funny. And it's one of those moments that everybody kind of latched on to because it was just like, what? Anyway, moving on. We did actually finally have an immigration discussion. It took me all the way to the last freaking debate to hear something about immigration and this went about as well as you can expect. Um, obviously, Trump hit Biden with the whole who built the cages argument, which, yes, the Obama administration built the cages. Nobody disputes that. Both administrations sucked horribly on immigration, although the Trump administration used those cages to separate families and put kids in them. So really, really, you both suck. You both suck real bad. 
Obama's immigration policy was a fucking disaster, too. He deported more people than anyone, including Trump. And yeah, I mean, there's really nothing good to say about his immigration policy other than DACA, which should have been done through Congress, but Congress doesn't do legislation anymore, apparently. So who the hell knows? Um, What's interesting is Biden did commit to doing immigration reform in its first 100 days, including a path to citizenship for the DACA recipients and possibly others. Not really specified because we didn't really get into a lot of specifics here. So, hey, there's some news that you can use. There was something of value learned here. Um, Trump did tell one hell of a big lie, though, in relationship to immigration. Uh, He said that those who are allowed into the country never show up for their court dates. Um, That is absolutely false. The numbers are for those who do not have representation, for those who don't have lawyers, the number is 85%. For those who do have lawyers, that number is 99%. So obviously having access to a lawyer matters greatly when you're going through the immigration process, which is something that's a little hard to do when you're not in the country. And even if you're in the country and you don't have representation, you go through the process because you want to be a legal citizen. Yeah. So, and on that topic, he said that the ones that do actually go through the process are low IQ. So basically, the people that actually follow the laws, the way that you allegedly keep saying you want them to do, that, that's, that's been the whole line, the whole line for the, the, the kind of anti-immigration crowds. Like, no, we want immigration. We just want them to do it legally. Well, this dude just said those who do it legally have a low IQ. So it was never about illegal immigration, people. It's never been about illegal immigration. I I can't say it enough. Anyway, moving on. Um, the, The topic of the $15 minimum wage came up. And obviously, Biden is open to it and gave this really convoluted explanation of saying that we need a $15 minimum wage right now to help workers and frontline workers. And Trump did not entirely close the door on it. He said that he would be willing to think about it on a federal level, but that it should really be up to the states. Um, The answer is no. The answer is always no. But the answer right now is especially no. We are in the middle of an unemployment crisis, people. This is not the time to raise the minimum wage. Like, what the fuck? What? No. The obvious answer is no. Why can nobody land on that? But again, this goes to that kind of idea of economic populism and wanting to appeal to a certain crowd of people. And the fact that Trump was even like, yeah, well, I'll I'll think about it, which I mean, that's usually Trump speak for I don't want to say no, but I don't want to say yes. And I'm probably not going to think about it much past this question. But it was just kind of notable that he didn't point blank say no. But then again, this is also a guy who wants another multi-trillion dollar stimulus deal. So not super surprising that economic populists tend to agree with each other on a lot of things. Also, they tend to agree with each other on things like tariffs, which Joe Biden is probably not going to revoke if he becomes president. Obviously, Trump is not going to revoke them if he becomes president. And we all know tariffs are taxes that are paid by end consumers. So, 
We're going to be stuck with economic populism. I'm not excited about that. I'm really not excited. Like, there's not going to be... Oh, boy. This is going to suck. It's just to what degree it's going to suck. But it's going to suck. So, anyway. um, Discussion on climate change. Again, nothing really new to discuss here other than Joe Biden saying that he, he wants to get rid of the oil industry, which if you read his plan, he wants to get rid of the oil industry over the next 20 years, which is ambitious, but it's part of that whole like net neutral carbon plan that he has. That's not the Green New Deal, but it's kind of along those lines, but not really. And so everybody's kind of seized on that. Um, He is still saying that he is not for banning fracking. Um, He is still fine with natural gas. The answer is still nuclear. Why can nobody say nuclear? Like what? I, I don't understand this. And again, I won't go into this rant again because I've done it before, but I don't, I don't, uh, just, just nuclear, just nuclear. So anyway, that's that. Like I said, um, pretty good debate. Um, the moderator, Kristen Walker, did a very good job of keeping everybody in line and I don't know if it was because of the mic muting or if somebody just really, really sat Trump down and was like, dude, you cannot act the way you acted in the first debate. He actually asked if he could speak and then most of the time stopped speaking when he was asked to stop speaking. And there was not shouting. There was not nobody. Nobody told anybody to shut up and nobody called anybody's son a crackhead. So, I mean, the bar is very low here. I admit that. <laughs> Based off the fact that nobody told anybody to shut up and nobody called anybody's son a crackhead. And these are things that happened in a presidential debate. Yes. Um, I mean, this one was at least decently watchable. But I want to go ahead and wrap up not only this episode, but kind of this whole series I have done on all of the debates with my thoughts on the debate process. And I I did write a piece about this for Rocket News. If you haven't read it yet, you should go do that. Um, My general take at this point is that as far as primaries are concerned, absolutely have debates because I think it's more important to have those debates within each political party to show the differences of those candidates within their own party. I think by the time we get to the general election debates, you've seen enough of the candidates in question to have pretty much already made your decision. So whether these are still adding any value to the voting process, I highly doubt it. Um, We also are at a point where we have a lot more access to candidates than we did in the past. I mean, it used to be, especially kind of in the 80s and in the the 90s, and really kind of through like the mid-2000s, you really didn't have as much access to candidates as you do now. You didn't see them as much. But now you have, obviously, cable news that covers all of this. You have social media. You have the internet. You have YouTube. Like... There's so much more access to candidates and so many more ways for candidates to reach the voting public that I just I don't know if the debates still have any kind of usefulness as far as the general election is concerned. And 
Kind of the other point I want to make is that if general election debates are going to happen in the future, they need to be scheduled way, way earlier than they are currently. I mean, at this point, early voting has already started, I think, pretty much everywhere across the country. You've already had tens of millions of people vote by Thursday. So that last debate would not be at all useful or helpful to those people. If if something did happen in that debate that would make a voter change their mind, I mean, you've already cast your vote. So I think early voting and mail-in voting is going to be a thing going forward. And so these need to be bumped up. I mean, I th- these debates, this last one happened way too late in the election season, in my opinion. And I think maybe do these, if we're going to do them, like do the first one and... I'm trying to think of the scheduling because obviously you have to wait until after the the national conventions to have an actual nominated candidate. But I would say, I mean, have the last one at like the end of October at the latest. So try to do like September, October and not like end of September and then going through October because that's just it, it's too late in the season. I I think. And that's kind of another reason why I think they've outlived their usefulness. So at any rate, I did it. I watched them all. (laughs) And now I don't have to watch another debate until the 2024 election season, which is probably going to start in February of uh, 2021. So my reprieve may be a bit short, but hey, I did it. I made it. <laughs> I even watched, well, I watched one town hall. I didn't watch the other town hall. I, I don't think I missed anything there, but I, I definitely didn't miss watching a second debate. I, I was happy for that. I was kind of hoping this one would be canceled too. So anyway, that is my thoughts on this. This is a little bit of a shorter episode because I am a little pressed for time, but I did want to make it just because I want to wrap up this project and get this out to you. So yes, If you made it this far, thank you for listening. And if you do like this, please rate, comment, and subscribe. You can find me on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, SoundCloud, Spotify, YouTube, and on my Patreon page. Take care and until next time.